What is going on, everyone? Welcome, welcome to the pre-stream podcast. How's everybody doing today? Today just so happens to be Wednesday, the 9th of February, 2022. I so happen to be Darkseid Phil, and this so happens to be DSP Gaming. Welcome. Everything just so happens somehow. I don't know. It's just the stars align. I don't plan any of it. I just, I, I roll in here in the morning. I like roll around on the floor. I just roll into the room, and we have a podcast. Wow, the, already the colors are going crazy. Look at that. <laughs> already, <clears throat> we have some interesting white balance corrections. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn it off, uh, and now it won't bother us. Now I can actually look human for the pre-stream. There you go. Sweet. How's everyone doing today? I hope you're all doing good. Um, Good podcast coming up today. Why? I got a lot to talk about. We've got multiple gaming news stories. I got some updates regarding stuff going on this week here on the channel that are some pretty positive, interesting updates. I'm feeling good today. We're regrouping with day two of Sifu after me kicking its butt for two and a half hours, and then it literally bent me over and spanked my ass live on stream yesterday. Uh, I got to regroup from that. I got to come back, and I got to do my best here to recover and try to make progress in the game today. So, uh, you know, I had the night to have my ass recover. It was very swollen and red. But that's what happens when you play a game like this. Uh, you get beat up. And then you can either give up and throw in the towel and say, fuck this, I quit. Just like that. Or you can take that towel and you can fold it up nicely. And you can get back up again. And you can take that towel and you can fold it over again nicely. And you can shove it right up the second stage boss's ass because because <laughs> I want to beat him today. I'm actually like motivated. To get back into this game today after last night. What it is, is you get... When you play a game that's very difficult. Or intentionally designed to have hurdles that you need to have like an epiphany to overcome. Right? You get so infuriated with rage that it clouds your judgment. And what happened to me yesterday was... I really wanted to beat the second level of Sifu on my first stream of the game. I was like, wow, that would be a perfect ending to the stream. Beating level 2. Right? And just moving on to, to level 3 on my second stream. And I just couldn't do it. The game was whooping my ass. And I needed to do use a game mechanic that I hadn't actually used up to that point yet. And it wasn't clicking in my head that that's what I needed to do. And it wasn't until like the last maybe 10 minutes of the stream that people were trying to tell me this in stream chat. Like desperately saying, hey, Phil, read stream chat. We're going to help you. Here's what you need to do. But I was so pissed. I was seeing red. I was like a bull charging at a fucking matador. And I could not stop myself from failing and failing and failing and failing. Okay. It happens. Traditionally, it happens with ultra-hard games like From Software games, but in this case, like I said yesterday, it seems like From Software came early because this game is pretty challenging. So, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Today, we're regrouping, and I'm hoping that we can do better, all right? But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, welcome to the pre-stream podcast, everyone. Uh, I'm excited for today. I really am. Today's going to be a fun day, good variety of gameplay. we got a lot to talk about on the pre-stream, and a lot of interesting updates. So let's get right to it, shall we? <clears throat> all right. First of all, let's do the schedule so you guys know now what to expect for the rest of the week because I actually have the schedule set in stone for the rest of the week. I know it's kind of been up in the air until now. Would I be playing on what day, and would this week actually end on Monday? That was all kind of up in the air. Now I have answers for all of you, okay? So let's do the schedule. Okay, today, it's Sifu, the second ever Sifu stream here, not seafood, people keep saying seafood, it's not seafood, even though seafood's delicious, I like seafood, I like all kinds of seafood, I like 
fish in general, like whitefish, but also like salmon. Uh, I also enjoy shellfish. Hello, Jasper Kitty. Welcome to the welcome to the pre-stream podcast, buddy. How you doing? You just walked in. Um, I like shellfish, like crab, lobster, shrimp, delicious. I also enjoy calamari. Calamari is really good if you have a good certain different preparations. Um, but we're getting off topic here. Why are we talking about seafood? The name of the game is Sifu. S-I-F-U. Stop saying seafood. Okay? So, seafood. <laughs> Jasper, he's rubbing his face against my foot. It's tickling me. How am I supposed to talk? If I... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Sifu. The second ever stream today. Redoubling my efforts. In reality, what happened was, I went back yesterday. And I, re I regrouped and I calmed down last night. And I was thinking about what people were telling me on the late stream. I figured out what I need to do to beat the second level boss. Jasper. <laughs> Look at him. You nut. I figured out what I got to do to beat the second level boss. We're going to try to do this today. And hopefully we can get to the third stage and maybe even beat the third stage. We'll see. Okay, we'll see what happens today. Jasper's wondering what's going to happen today. Um... Then the late stream tonight is my only session this week of Pokemon Legends Arceus. That's right. I didn't quit the game like a bunch of fucking morons said I was. I never said I was quitting Pokemon. I said what I was going to do is play it dramatically less since I played it three times last week and literally every stream barely got any support. Now, I have an announcement. All right? This is directly based on your feedback. Okay? The way we're going to do... The Pokemon Legends Arceus streams and the naming of the Pokemon changes tonight. Alright, so here's the deal. The way I was doing it was the top tipper of the night when I played Pokemon would get to name one of my Pokemon for the playthrough. And they would stay with that name for the rest of the playthrough. Alright, now this is cool because it gives you an opportunity to interact and actually have a concrete piece of the playthrough. Right? That's nice to have be a part of it, right? However, what was happening was... People were purposely waiting till the tail end of the stream, like the last five minutes, to tip. Because they decided, oh, well, I want to have a higher chance of being the top tipper of the night. So if I wait till the last minute, maybe I'll be the top tipper. As opposed to if I tip in the middle, this might motivate more people to tip during the course of the stream. And now I have to tip again, you see, in order to be the top tipper. So I have changed the way that I'm... What is going on? I've changed the way that we're going to do this. Jasper, you nut. I'm changing the way we're going to do this as of tonight. Okay? Here's what we're going to do. From now on, whenever I play Pokemon Legends Arceus, okay, anyone who does a $25 tip gets to name a Pokemon, period. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts. No competition with other people. If you contribute $25 to the stream in a tip, you get to name a Pokemon. Okay? It's that simple. No more baloney with, with people last minute trying to mess around. Um, because because it, was, it was too stupid. I, I don't know why I was doing this. Because think about it this way. If I'm saying top tipper gets to name a Pokemon. At the end of the stream, of course the people who want to name a Pokemon are all going to start tipping at the last few minutes. What ended up happening was last stream... I only had like 20-something dollars in tips the entirety of the stream. I'm literally signing out and saying, well, guys, it seems like support isn't very good for Pokemon, so we're going to slow down playing it. And then I got two big 20-plus dollar tips to try to, to name a Pokemon, you see? <clears throat> so I thought that that was stupid. 
I was like, wow, this is really dumb um, that I did it that way. It's my fault. I take responsibility. Dan answers. I'm sorry, Phil. Dan, why are you apologizing? I'm the one running the stream, not you. I'm the one. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I was doing the other Pokemon games previously, it was a little different. All right? Kurt, when I was, I remember when I was playing Pokemon Sword and Shield, that was an ongoing playthrough among many other things going on, but it wasn't like, oh, there's a million new releases I'm juggling and people want to see the other ones. It was more like that was cool because there was really nothing else going on when I was playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. So when I did those streams and I said, oh, Top Tipper can name a Pokemon, it wasn't a big deal. People were still coming and supporting the streams and chilling. Now it's kind of like, essentially, um, essentially, uh, it was basically derailing the stream and making it all about why is no one contributing to the stream. And I don't like that. I don't want the entirety that I, of a stream be like, oh, look, contributions are slow. Let's just talk about it the whole stream. You see what I'm saying? So now, $25 tip, name a Pokemon, period. See, originally I was worried and I was like, if I just have it that anyone can name a Pokemon at any time, what's going to end up happening is we're going to have so many people naming Pokemon, every Pokemon in the game will be named. But there's a few reasons why I don't think this is a big deal anymore. Number one, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, you can catch a ridiculous amount of the same Pokemon. In fact, the game promotes that you do that. You see? So it's actually not that big of a deal because I could always get more Pokemon of a type. What if three people want to name a Pikachu, then I'll go catch more Pikachus. It's not a big deal, you see? In previous Pokemon games, it kind of was. In this one, not so much. Um, and in addition to that, do I really think that a ridiculous amount of people are now going to come to the Pokemon streams and start tipping $25 a pop? No, I don't think so. I think maybe once, maybe twice a stream, if that, we'll have someone contributing that much. That's a large amount of to tip it really is so um i don't think that it's going to be a big deal no i don't think that tonight when we play pokemon 20 people are going to do a 25 dollars tip and now i have to name 20 pokemon and now the whole game all the pokemon are named i don't think that's going to happen at all i don't i think more it'll be like okay maybe once maybe twice a stream if that you'll get this person tipping that much and then we'll just have Regular, much more organic, smaller contributions coming in to support the streams, okay? We're going to try this tonight. Let's see what happens, okay? Let's see. Let's experiment. Let's see how this goes tonight, all right? Now, Pokemon... <clears throat> no, it doesn't have to be exactly $25, Sarah. It could be $25 or up. Anything that's $25 or more, you qualify, you can name a Pokemon. That's how it's going to work. Okay. Um. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen... Tonight, we'll see how it goes. 6.45 p.m. Pacific Time. It's the only Pokemon stream of the week, being that Skyrim has now went from a daytime stream to a late stream, <clears throat> starting yesterday. And I know that people are loving the Skyrim playthrough and want as much Skyrim as possible. I don't want to dramatically reduce the amount of Skyrim I'm playing, so I'm doing it three night streams this week. Yesterday was the first one, and now we're going to keep that up. Um, so, only, one, only a chance for one Pokemon stream this week. Actually, there would have been two, but we're doing a marathon this weekend, okay? And the marathon kind of overrides the second Pokemon stream for this week. Okay, fair enough? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, business operator says if they tip $50, can they name two Pokemon? Well, wouldn't it make more sense to just tip $25 twice to say, okay, here's the name I want for this one, and then tip again, here's the name I want for this one? I mean, technically, yeah, you could do that. You could tip 50 bucks and say, I want the name on this one and the name on this one, I guess. Now we're getting into semantics. Why are we getting into semantics before the stream even happened? 
All right, enough of this baloney. We're moving on. <laughs> We're actually going to argue about these little semantics and shit, huh? <clears throat> okay. Whoa, look at this. Thank you very much. No relation. Just hit me a $50 whopping tip. I appreciate that. Uh, he had a big message. I'll shout that out later. Uh, I will. I will name that later. Okay. <laughs> ah, itchy ear. Ah. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so, ladies and gents. Um. That's today's streams. It's Sifu on the first stream. Hoping for progress. Hoping to regroup and actually make progress. And then tonight it's Pokemon. Alright? Legends Arceus, that is. Tomorrow, we will finally return to Dying Light 2. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know how many people are going to show up for it. I hope a lot. But at this point, I haven't played it in five days. And tomorrow will be like six. So, I hope people will still come back for it. But this is sadly what happens. <clears throat> when there's so many releases in a short period of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's not much I can do about it. I'm doing my best to juggle everything. You know, right now, you had Dying Light 2. I played for two days straight, and then people wanted other stuff. Then I had my day off. Then another game came out, you see? <clears throat> so, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't really help or fix that. Um, it is what it is. I'm doing my best to juggle everything. And you guys literally said to me, I want more seafood. So you're getting more seafood today, but that means that I can't play Dying Light 2, you see? So Dying Light 2 tomorrow, how's it going to go? Well, I'll tell you right now. I am going to go after those inhibitor injectors. Apparently, you need these to upgrade yourself and actually have progress in the game. Last time around, I did a three-hour stream. It was mostly exploration, side content, and a major story mission, and I barely made any progress upgrading my character. I, I think I got one new parkour ability I haven't even used and a combat ability I haven't even used. And that was it in three hours of gameplay. And it's like, how am I going to ever make progress in this game if I'm slow, if I have no stamina? And everyone yelled at me and basically said, hey, you screwed up. You need to get the inhibitors. So I'm going to get the inhibitors starting tomorrow. That's my major focus of the stream. Go around and get as many inhibitors as I can find and level my character up as much as I can. Okay? <clears throat> okay, that's the major stream tomorrow. Tomorrow night will be a Skyrim late night stream. Now... After last night's Skyrim stream, which was the first late night stream of Skyrim, I have some things to say. The stream had good viewership, not as much as when it was a mainstream, but I don't, I'm not surprised that we get less viewership on a late stream versus a daytime stream. Just not shocking at all, okay? Engagement was great. Had over 100 likes, had people talking with me constantly and having fun conversation about both the game and other things. It was actually quite a good stream for engagement and all of that. Um... But contributions were a little bit on the slower side. Were they terrible? Absolutely not. And I'm not complaining. But typically every single Skyrim stream that I did up to now, we hit at least the tier 2 tips goal. And the cool thing about that was, just last week, I added two Skyrim-specific hats into the mix to wear just for Skyrim. Okay? Which is awesome. It's really cool to have silly hats for a specific game. But... What I'm seeing happen with every night stream is that typically, unless it's, you know, sometimes it's a rarity where someone will come and say, hey, I really want to support this particular game. Allow me to drop a big contribution or whatever. But in general, the night streams just see less overall support than the earlier daytime streams. It's just common fact, okay? Um, and what I'm actually a little bit nervous about moving forward is with Skyrim, maybe we're never going to hit the Tier 2 tips goal ever again. 
right? Or it won't be a regular thing. It'll be a rarity, but kind of a kind of disappointing when I just put new hats into the mix. Um, so already people started coming up with different ideas for the Skyrim streams. Why don't you sh 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 shuffle around the reward goals and make it that you put on a hat at fifty bucks? I'm like, yeah, but does it really make sense to put on gunner glasses if we happen to raise a hundred? It doesn't seem to make sense at all, and you certainly don't want gunner glasses at one hundred fifty, you know. <clears throat> so I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about it. Maybe what we'll just do is we'll write it out. We'll see how tomorrow night's stream goes and try to maybe talk with the audience then live and make a decision about it. Because um, certainly I don't want to have implemented hats and now we'll never see them ever again. That would be kind of disappointing, don't you think? So we'll see. We'll talk about it. Okay? Um, by the way, Ayanut Stansu is saying that, oh, my microphone volume is very low compared to everyone else on the platform. I don't know why and I don't know what to tell you. I've used this microphone setup since 2014. <laughs> okay? This has been set up since 2014. I have everything maximized. The only way I can up, upgrade, upgrade my volume output, I can't do it in OBS because in OBS I'm at 100%. Okay? The only thing I can do is up the microphone output in my mixer here. And every time I do that, people say, no, it doesn't work. It ends up being like blown out sound, tons of distortion. Don't ever do that. Just put it back. So I have, and I've never touched it. You know, I don't mess with it. I don't know how I could possibly fix the setup. I'm not a technical wizard. I've listened to input. I've tried things over the years. Nothing works. It's just this volume or sounds like shit. So would you rather have lower volume or sounds like shit? It's your choice, I guess. I wish I could help. You know, I, there's really not much I can do. Okay. Okay. Um. Friday. More Sifu, and that's going to be paired with Street Fighter, my weekly Friday Night Fights old school Street Fighter stream. So literally, Friday is going to be beat em up Friday. It's going to be Sifu, you know, Kung Fu, and then we're going to have Street Fighting at night. Interesting, right? Fighting all day long. Excuse me. <clears throat> then on Saturday, it's the big marathon day, ladies and gentlemen. That is correct. This coming Saturday is the Game Pass Marathon event. That's correct. So what are we doing for the Game Pass Marathon event? We're doing Game Pass games in a marathon setting. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory, actually. What Game Pass games are we playing? I have an update for you guys. Because yesterday morning, right on this podcast, we posted up live the polls that you guys have been voting on in the last 24 hours for the games that will be played during the event. <clears throat> After 24 hours, here's what we have for the initial results. Let's look at it together live. Here we go. So, we have two polls running. Poll number one includes games such as The Outer Wilds, Serious Sam 4, The Procession of Calvary, Bug Fables, and Quake. We have 990 votes on the first poll so far. And by the way, the poll is not closing. It runs all week long. If you didn't vote yet, you can head to the main page of DSP Gaming, go to the community tab, and you can still vote for many days, okay? But as of now, here's the results. In last place, the procession of cavalry, or cavalry, with 7%. Next to last place, Bug Fables with 13%. A tie at 24% of the vote each for the Outer Wilds and Serious Sam 4. And the leader of this poll currently is Quake with 32% of the vote. Interesting. 
I actually was not expecting that. I actually did not think Quake would get many votes. I'm surprised. Now, moving on to the second poll. Okay? This poll contains games such as One Piece Pirate Warriors 4, Unpacking, The Forgotten City, Trying to Get the Final Ending, The Good Life, and I Am Fish. Okay? With 1,000 people who've already voted in the first 24 hours. The Good Life is in last place with only 5% of the vote. Unpacking is in second to last place with only 8% of the vote. Then, it's kind of neck and neck between I Am Fish and One Piece Pirate Warriors 4. I Am Fish has 25%, while One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 has 28%. That's not a lot. That's only, you know, maybe 20, 30 people determining the difference between those two games. And then, actually, the top game is The Forgotten City, The Final Ending. So what that tells me is that people actually really liked The Forgotten City uh, playthrough and are kind of sad that I ended it the way I did without getting the final ending. For those who don't know, the final ending is the most complicated thing to do in the game. It takes about an hour or more to do because you have to do this like like puzzle on top of puzzle to figure it out. And it's time-consuming. That's why I didn't have a chance to do it. I did three out of four endings. This is the fourth and final ending, and apparently it's the most interesting one as well. Um, so, looking big picture right now, all right, the top three games in the polling are The Forgotten City, The Final Ending, Quake, and One Piece Pirate Warriors 4, okay? But right on their heels, I Am Fish, Outer Wilds, and Serious Sam 4. Now, as I explained to you guys, the way that this event is going to work the top three games are guaranteed to be played, all right? Guaranteed. The other games are standby games, meaning let's say that we play these three games for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half each, and we still have time for another game, we'll do play one of the games that's like fourth place, you see? Um, but basically, uh, right now, we kind of know what the top three are, but it could change. Right now, I mean, seriously, the, the the voting could change. We have a whole week. And I've seen, with polls on DSP Gaming like this, upwards of almost 2,000 votes by the time that a poll ends, okay? So these polls will run all week right up to the event on Saturday. If you haven't voted yet, please vote. It's very important that you do. The more impact, uh, you know, or the more voting I get, the more impact it has, and the more actual accurate demand I can see for what we're going to do during that marathon event on Saturday, all right? So, already, that's pretty good variety. When you think about it, Quake, The Forgotten uh, City, and One Piece. Three completely different kinds of games, right? It'll be pretty exciting to get even more variety. We'll see what you guys vote for between now and Saturday. All right, good. That's good stuff. Now, it has also been determined what the cuisine choices will be for Feasting with the King for Saturday. It's either going to be Vietnamese food, including delicious dishes such as pho, and their banh mi sandwiches. I've never had a banh mi sandwich before, so that would be exciting. Thai food. Now, Thai food is actually a pretty large variety of stuff. They have some pretty traditional uh, noodle dishes like pad thai, which has things like peanuts and spice in it. But also, they've got different kinds of fish dishes and things. So, you get a good variety of stuff for Thai food. Or Mexican food. Now, when I say Mexican food... Do I mean, oh, I'm just going to get a burrito or an enchilada? No, I mean, like, I'll look at the menu and look for something that's actually, like, traditional Mexican that normally isn't a mainstream Americanized thing. I'd look for something that's actually, like, rare that you I wouldn't eat from Mexican food and try it for the very first time here live on stream. 
okay? And I, you know, I, there's actually quite a few good Mexican restaurants around here <clears throat> that do more uh, traditional Mexican dishes as opposed to just the Americanized stuff, okay? So, I think all three of those, okay, are great options. All three would be, like, interesting things to try out. Um, and so... We'll see. That poll to determine what cuisine I'll be trying on sun, uh, Saturday, excuse me, will be going live in a couple days. Today's what, Wednesday? So maybe tomorrow? Yeah, I think what we'll do tomorrow, we'll set it up, and that poll will start running on the channel page of DSP Gaming, and then for two days, you guys can vote on the cuisine, and then what we're going to do live on Saturday morning, we're going to order together. That will be exciting. I'm excited for that to see how it turns out. Man, I can't wait. Either any one of these three cuisines, we can order original stuff I've never had before. Seriously. Like I said, I'm actually really excited to try a banh mi sandwich because I never had that and it sounds delicious. And then there's all different kinds of pho you can get. That I, and I've had pho before and I loved it, but I've only had it like twice ever in my whole life. So I'd love to have that again. I know with Thai food, they have a big variety of stuff that I've never had. And Mexican, I, I pretty much when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I kind of get some of the same things. Like I'll get enchiladas with that, that mole sauce. Oh, mole sauce is rich and delicious. I love those, but it's basic, but it's full of flavor, and it's not, like, super expensive, so I usually get something basic like that. But, man, if I went something elaborate or crazy I've never had before, could be pretty neat. So, we're going to find out, all right? Pretty cool. But, well, thank you, Rebel, for re-upping your membership. Six months. Thank you for the re-up of the membership. I appreciate that, man. Okay, so that's going to be Saturday, and then on Sunday... Alright, we're going to do more Dying Light 2, and that's going to be paired with Skyrim, and that's my streaming week. So to recap, Sifu and Pokemon today, Dying Light 2, Skyrim tomorrow, Sifu, Street Fighter Friday, Marathon of Game Pass games plus live feasting with the King on Saturday, and then more Dying Light... Uh, wow, Dying Light Belch, absolutely fucking disgusting. I'm really sorry, everyone. I'm revolted at myself today. Um, <clears throat> Dying Light 2 and more... Uh, Skyrim on Sunday. And then my day off for this coming week is Monday. Now, I must forewarn all of you. I'm just kidding. I froze. I must forewarn all of you. I don't know what my day off will be the week after. I'm not sure yet. Uh, my wife is currently settling into her new work schedule. As of the last two weeks, she keeps getting Mondays off, which is great. But we don't know if that's going to continue moving forward. It would be great if she did. But we don't. We can't confirm that yet. So once I know when the actual next day off is, then I can plan out the next week. But we don't know yet. We have to wait and see. Uh, likely, I'll, I'll find out um, like this coming weekend. Okay? And then we can plan out the whole next week. So there you go. Okay. Um... Plum Girl is asking, did I figure out the specific date in May when we'll get our one-year anniversary of subbing? It would be the date, whatever the date was, that I was playing uh, Returnal. And I got falsely kicked off of Twitch. Because it was that next day, or either it was that night stream or the next day, when I first started full-time streaming on YouTube, I said, fuck Twitch, and I enabled all the monetization on YouTube. I turned it on, <clears throat> and uh, the rest is history. So I, I would have to 100% look it up, but it's pre pretty easy. Just, just look at the Returnal playthrough. Look at the part where it says that the, the that I got suspended by Twitch for no reason. That's the date. It's sometime in, in like, like early May. So. Okay. Yeah, I know, Jack. He says, Monday's Valentine's Day. I know. And 
this is the second year in a row my wife and I really can't do anything for Valentine's Day because we couldn't plan anything because we didn't know what day we were going to have off. We didn't know that Monday was going to be her day off this coming week. If we had known, we probably would have made dinner reservations or did something. And we had no idea. This is the problem with fucking retail is that you never know your schedule until like the week before. And now because of that, we couldn't really plan anything. Um, so what we're going to end up doing uh, is probably having a day where we're, half the day we're out doing stuff, but then ordering in because good luck eating in a restaurant on fucking Valentine's Day. Every restaurant is packed. So we're probably just going to have to order some food for delivery or something and end up waiting a million years to get it. Um, <clears throat> we did talk a little bit about maybe getting some candies or something because we never eat sweets. Like, seriously, we have no candy, nothing in the house like that at all. We never really eat it. And we were like, oh, maybe for a special thing, there's a few, like, candy stores around here. Maybe we go to a candy store and buy some chocolates and then we can have some chocolates together for the week for Valentine's Day or something. I don't, you know, we'll figure it out. <clears throat> Barrel Shroud's right. He says, as long as you spend time together, that's all that matters. And you're right. You're absolutely right. We're going to have a day together where we're going to have some fun. I'm not going to the fucking dump on Monday. I'm not doing shitty stuff. We're going to try to have a nice day together. <laughs> so that'll be nice to actually just spend the day together on Valentine's Day. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um. All right. We got through all the schedule stuff, right? Now let's talk about game news. Because there's actually some significant game news that I would like to discuss this morning. Okay? Game news stories. Here we go. First game news story of the day. This is the hottest news, so I'll talk about it first. Ever since Microsoft announced that they're buying Activision Blizzard a couple weeks ago. Oh my god, it was earth-rattling news. This is going to change everything. The industry will be forever, you know, shook because of this. <clears throat> and so, there was a lot of speculation in regards to what was going to happen with the, the keynote franchises from Activision Blizzard. Most notably, the game that most people were talking about big time was what's going to happen with Call of Duty, right? Call of Duty has always been cross-platform. It's never been exclusive, although admittedly, Call of Duty has had partnerships with one console manufacturer or the other to have exclusivity on the DLC releases. Sometimes it would be, oh, uh, you know... This DLC expansion is going to come out on PlayStation first. And it's not going to come out for Xbox for like another month or something like that. That's happened before. Okay. Um, but everyone was wondering, now that Microsoft is buying out the whole company that makes Call of Duty, is it literally just going to be Microsoft consoles like Xbox and PC? And that's it. So at first, the initial reports were that... Microsoft said, no, we are not going to violate any existing agreements between Activision and other companies. Everything's going to go down as planned. They already said these certain games will be cross-platform. Call of Duty will still be cross-platform uh, for as long as we're contractually obligated. Now, of course, people are like, that's great and all, but of course that's because they don't want to get sued. If they were to change their mind, like, oh, we bought Activision. Activision had a contract that said that Call of Duty... Uh, for the next two years would be on Sony consoles, let's violate the agreement. Well, then, obviously, you're going to get sued. So, of course, they don't want to get sued, so they're not going to do that. They're just going to have Activision continue to make games for PlayStation for the coming, you know, couple of years. Um, but the real question about all of this was, okay, well, what's going to happen after those agreements expire? Okay. Then is it basically is, is this a way that Microsoft is just saying we're not going to do anything to get sued, but as soon as those agreements are done, pfft, say goodbye to Call of Duty if you're a PlayStation player, right? The thing is, 
Some people speculated this would happen. Why? Because look how Microsoft has behaved with Bethesda. Once they, it was this big Zenimax buyout, which included Bethesda and a bunch of other uh, medium, right? When they bought them out, there was an announcement. Guess what? All Bethesda games in the future are going to be Microsoft exclusive, either PC or Xbox. That's it. No, Starfield will not be on PlayStation consoles. And no matter how many times they've announced this, you still see people on social media, oh, I think Starfield will still be cross-platform. No, it's just going to be on Xbox and PC. They've said it a million times, right? Do you really think Microsoft spent that much money to buy them to just say, oh, we're going to give away the content anyway to every platform, you know? So, everyone kind of speculated Call of Duty is going to be now Microsoft only. This is a big move. This is what they bought Activision Blizzard for, right? <clears throat> well, it was announced today, this morning. Microsoft did come out and have an announcement. Call of Duty will be cross-platform moving forward. They have made the decision... They do not want to have Call of Duty be just on Microsoft consoles. They want to continue to support the PlayStation community as well. So, this obviously is good news for those who are on PlayStation and love Call of Duty. But it has left a lot of industry analysts scratching their heads. You know, why did they buy Activision Blizzard if they weren't going to make moves with Activision Blizzard? Like, the whole point of buying a company is to get them under your umbrella, to help control their creative direction, and also to make money. And if you're just going to give away the games to the other company, right? Now, by the way, it's not like they're not going to make money on the games. They're going to make money selling Call of Duty on a PlayStation console. Every sale they'll make money on. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, we're just giving it away for free. They're still going to make money on all the sales. But industry analysts are a little confused right now. They're like, why, why are they behaving one way with Bethesda, but a completely different way with Activision Blizzard. It's not like Bethesda games didn't have an audience on PlayStation, but they are abandoning that community for Bethesda games. So why are they acting differently for Call of Duty? Um, you know, I don't know, actually. Uh, the only thing I can think of is they feel that having that installed player base on PlayStation, as we know, so many PlayStation 5s have sold... There's a bajillion PlayStation 4s out there in the wild. People are playing on actively. Maybe they feel because Call of Duty is not just a one-and-done model. Call of Duty is not just a one-and-done model. And what I mean by that is, <clears throat> when you buy Call of Duty, you pay 60, 70 bucks or whatever, and you play the base game. But the vast majority of players who buy Call of Duty also spend a lot of money on microtransactions. They go and they buy the cosmetics. They go and they buy the expansions. They go and buy this and buy that and buy this and buy that. And they spend a ton of money on that game. There's people who only play Call of Duty. This is the game they play. Just like how people every year buy Madden or NBA 2K. There is an insanely large group of people who just buy Call of Duty. Even when it sucks. Did you know <clears throat> Call of Duty Vanguard last year was actually the lowest selling Call of Duty in a decade? But it was still the best selling game of November. 
<laughs> the lowest selling Call of Duty in 10 years was still the best selling game of the month because it sells so much, even with less people buying it. It's an insane sales dynamo, okay? So I think what Microsoft may be thinking here is, if we isolate ourselves from the PlayStation community, yeah, of course there's the initial sales, but there is a huge revenue that's lost if we don't have the microtransaction stream coming in from the PlayStation side. We would literally be throwing out all that income. That's, that's what I'm thinking, okay? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have some big fucking master plan behind everything. I have no clue. But that's the way I see it. And I definitely see that people are kind of confused. But I think it all comes down to business and dollars. Maybe they think keeping Starfield on Xbox and PC will actually get more people to buy Xbox and or the PC version of the games um, and give them some kind of a market lead while they don't see that with Call of Duty and they just see it as money being thrown out? Because is there going to be a heavy revenue stream for Starfield? No. You're going to buy the base game and maybe there'll be expansions down the road, but there's not going to be a constant microtransaction revenue stream from that game. So maybe that's the kind of game that they could do that kind of exclusivity decision on, but not Call of Duty, right? Okay. So there you go. Maybe that's what it is. That's that's me speculating, but that was one of the big pieces of news today. Another piece of news today is not a very good one. Okay, don't worry. There's another good piece of news coming up. But this next one is kind of sad. Uh, as you guys know, I've played Halo Infinite since launch. I started playing it the first week of November when they actually released the multiplayer early. I played it November, December, January, and it was just recently, about a week ago, when I finally said, I kind of had it with this game. Um, I kind of hit the wall of what you can do in it. The ranked matches are terrible because the connections are god-awful. And by the way, it's hilarious because I started mentioning this on my streams. I was like, man, I worked all this time to qualify and get good enough to play ranked. And now that I play ranked, the connections are the worst. It's been confirmed online this is true. Everyone's saying there's no reason to play ranked because it's the worst connections. You'll have a bad time playing it. I've seen it all over social media recently. It's not just me saying it. It's everyone, even pro players are saying the fucking ranked matches suck. The player pool is so small. Like, for, I'll give you an example. At any given time when you play open matches, not ranked, usually there's a player base of around 10,000 players or more. It's been confirmed there's only about 1,000 players playing ranked. So you're doing only one-tenth of the player pool when you go to play ranked matches, which means your connections are going to suck. <clears throat> there's nothing you can do about it. So, ranked sucks. There's no re reason to play it because it's just inferior gameplay. The open matches are fun, but how many times do you want to play the same, like, six maps, you know? They haven't added any content to the game since launch. And it's been over three months now. Now, maybe back in the day, when you played a first-person shooter, that wasn't a big deal. But in the modern era, to not actually have any updates for your game after three or four months, no season changing, no new maps, no new modes, nothing new is actually kind of unprecedented. In the last few years, every major first-person shooter has had multiple updates to keep people refreshed and interested in the game. And Halo has just had, oh, a new battle pass where you can unlock a few cosmetics. But it's the same gameplay. It's the same weapons. It's the same everything. I mean, hell, it just took them until this week, three months into the launch of the game, to patch big team battles, and now apparently they work consistently. Before to this week, you couldn't actually consistently play the mode. It would crash after one or two games, and you couldn't play it for the rest of the night. 
So, <clears throat> basically, what people are looking at, okay, um, when you're looking at Halo Infinite, is a game that's stagnant. A game that's fun to play. It's better than the other first-person shooters out there. Collectively, people have agreed competitively, Halo Infinite is better than Battlefield 2042, and it's better than Call of Duty Vanguard. But, it's stagnant. They're not really doing anything to make the game better. And what's happened in the last couple of weeks, player numbers have fallen significantly. For the first time since launch, there's not even 10,000 people playing Halo Infinite on Steam anymore. Okay? <clears throat> and the reports are, there's no real numbers, but the reports are that on consoles, also the player base has fallen off and aren't playing it anymore. That apparently other games like Roblox and other things are actually now exceeding the amount of players playing Halo on Microsoft consoles. So, this is bad. If I were working at 343, like, I would seriously be in panic mode. You have a game that was the industry leader for a genre of game, and you're literally letting it die. Why? Why aren't you talking to the parent company saying, listen, we need to redouble, we need to triple our efforts to make this game better and put out new content for it because this could be a big success, a revenue model for us. We need to ramp it up. It seems like they're content to actually just let the game die. I don't understand it. I've never seen this behavior before from a game company. We were told we're number one. We're the best. And we're not doing anything to improve the product and make people want to keep playing it. Why? I would love to hear an actual justifiable explanation from 343, Microsoft, or both. And if 343's excuse is, well, we just don't have the manpower to do anything, you know, fine. Then tell Microsoft you need help and have other people got put on it. You're owned by Microsoft. They just bought a bajillion other fucking companies. I'm pretty sure they could find a way to get more people to work on this to make it better and make more content for it. I'm at a loss here. I don't understand it. It's the best first-person shooter, and they refuse to put new content out for it. You're going to lose your player base, and the game's going to die out within another month or two if you don't do something. This should be, oh my god, all hands on deck, red alert, panic mode. We need to save the game because people want to play it, and we're doing nothing about it. I, don't, I just don't understand this mentality. I don't. <clears throat> One second. I got to blow my nose. I feel like I'm about to sneeze. Hold on. Hold on. pitfalls of a live show i obviously didn't want to start exploding sneezing because you know what happens when i sneeze on stream my post nasal drip goes into overdrive and now i'm snorting the whole stream because it's disgusting and i hate it okay <clears throat> okay so it remains to be seen what's going to happen with halo infinite as i told you guys i stopped playing it too because i felt like there was nothing to do left in the game um and i told you i would go back to it supposedly may was the the placeholder date Okay, um, 
where basically you're supposed to have new content for Halo Infinite. I hope that it's true, and I hope that there is content for Halo Infinite. Um, I want to keep playing the game, but right now there's nothing to do, and it's boring. Okay? By the way, speaking of first-person shooters, man, did I dodge a bullet with Battlefield 2042? The game is so bad. There's an online petition with 60,000 signatures and growing. People are demanding refunds. They're basically saying they bought a game with the promise that it would be similar to previous Battlefield outings with a certain amount of game modes and updates. And there was a recent announcement from EA saying, we're not going to update this game as we had planned. We said we were going to give you new content modes and things by this date, but the fact that the game runs like shit on all platforms, we're delaying all expansions so that we can simply just make the game work the way we had intended. So now people are like, wow. Basically, this is a whole thing was a lie. We paid full retail price for a game that literally is not a full retail game. You didn't give us half the modes you promised you would give us within a certain time frame of buying the game, and we feel that that's a deceptive business practice, and we want our money back. So, whew, it's a good thing I didn't buy that game. I probably would have played it for like a week and been done with it, from what I'm hearing about the game and how, how bare bones it is and how badly it runs, too. So, <laughs> okay. We have one final news story today, guys. First of all, if you're not aware, later today there is a Nintendo Direct broadcast. Now, whenever there's a Nintendo Direct broadcast, all the Nintendo fans freak out. Oh my God, Nintendo Direct. Are we going to have this? Are we going to have that? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? Usually Nintendo makes zero promises about Nintendo Direct. They literally just purposely drop like random stuff when they do a Nintendo Direct. And they do it on purpose, I think, to keep the air of mystery and get hyped for it. But every single time, because Nintendo does it like this, the Nintendo fans freak out, and they speculate, this will be in it, that'll be in it, this will be in it, that'll be in it. And then the Nintendo Direct happens, and it's maybe one interesting announcement and a couple little things, and then all the Nintendo fans freak out and say, Ah, it sucked! Nintendo Direct sucked again! Again, I got fooled again! Okay, so, should we be excited for today's Nintendo Direct? Well, here's the thing. First of all, we have not had major updates about some of the major IPs that Nintendo puts out in a very long time. We haven't heard anything about Breath of the Wild 2 in a while. I think it would maybe be time, right? Um, and what about other major franchises? How about a new Mario Kart or a new Mario game in general? Um, it's been a long time. And I'm kind of wondering, is this the year Nintendo's going to drop the bomb? Because every few years, Nintendo seems to do that. Out of nowhere... They'll just, oh my god, here comes a bunch of new games. Boom. And it's all their IPs using the big ones, too. The last year they did this was 2017. Okay? So it's been five years. Maybe it's time that they're going to do it again. I don't know. Uh, recently, the news article came out that one of the, uh, the higher-ups at Nintendo said that they feel the Switch is only halfway through its life cycle. They have no plans on dropping the Switch and putting out a new console anytime soon. Okay? I guess we'll see, but something happened this morning that's freaking everyone out, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this. Ready? Prepare your butts. Okay, so I got to give you a little bit of background about this, okay? You guys may remember, nine years ago, I played a certain game called Earthbound. It was during my Summer of Retro event, where during the summer of 2013, when there was really nothing going on with gaming... I decided to go back and play some of my most favorite games from my younger days as a gamer on the SNES. This included games like Zelda Link to the Past, Super Mario World, 
um, Chrono Trigger, and yes, Earthbound. Earthbound is actually called Mother 2 in Japan. It's a, an RPG series that's very different from other RPGs. Why? Because it's actually set in the modern day. Now, today you might say, oh, well, what about Persona and all of that? Well, yeah, today we had that. But back in the day, in the 1990s, the vast majority of RPGs were set in a fantasy setting. Knights, dragons, magic, etc. While the Mother series was set in modern life. Cities, you know, vehicles, businesses, commerce, you know, driving around, actually wearing modern clothes, using practical items like baseball bats in combat. It was very different from the traditional fantasy-style turn-based RPGs that were put out from usually Japanese studios back then. And so they were very refreshing and different in that regard, but also <clears throat> very weird. If you go back and watch my Earthbound playthrough, those are some of the weirdest enemies in any game. Like, seriously, every possible thing in the environment can attack you. Like, a bag of shit will jump up, come alive, and you have to fight a bag of, like, dirty duty, or, like, a pile of vomit, or a fucking bee that's drunk on, like, like fucking whiskey. Like, I'm serious, like, that's stuff that would be in the game. I don't actually know if the bees drinking whiskey is in it. But the point I'm making is, like, you could fight zombies, mutants, actual normal people, police officers, CEOs of companies, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the weirdest game. And also, just, I remember, the plot of the game is so wild and wacky, the way it's written, that it's actually quite entertaining, but man, it could be like a mind-confusing experience because of the way the game is, alright? Now, the thing is, these games, the Mother series, there's three of them. There's Original Mother, which I think, I want to say was an NES game, Mother 2 is a Super Famicom, Super NES game. And then Mother 3 was just Game Boy Advance, okay? Mother 1 never got localized until a few years ago. I remember randomly, like, one summer, they announced that they were going to put it on, like, the digital store localized for American audiences. It didn't sell very well, nor did it really catch on. Um, from what I'm going to understand, it's actually quite an outdated game compared to, like, like Earthbound or Mother 2. So a lot of people like wanted to play it just for the sake of, you know, uh, what's the what's the word? Not posterity, but I want to play every game in the series. I want to know where they come from. Even if the first one's not so good, I want to play them all, you see? So a lot of people played it just for that. I never played it. Um, I was interested in playing it, but I just never got around to it, okay? But Mother 3, <clears throat> okay, the newest game in the franchise came out in the early 2000s on Game Boy Advance. Now, you may not even know anything about the game, but did you ever play Smash Brothers? Remember that character Lucas, who a lot of people use in competitive Smash Brothers gameplay? He's from Mother 3. He's the protagonist. And a lot of people don't even realize that. They think, oh, he's from Earthbound. No, he's actually from Mother 3, the game that was never localized and released in English. It was only Japanese and never sold outside of Japan. So, why am I talking about all of this? All right? I'll tell you why. Because whenever a Nintendo Direct comes out, Nintendo fans go crazy with speculation on what you're going to see on the Nintendo Direct. And it's always been a running theme among Nintendo fans. Oh, are we finally getting a Mother 3 localization? Is it finally coming? Mother 3, we're finally going to get to play it here in Western audiences. It's not just for Japan. And it never happens. Like, never ever does it ever happen at all. Not even close. <laughs> not, not, never is it mentioned or anything. Okay, 
But the reason I'm bringing it up today, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, completely out of the blue, the series creator of Earthbound and mother, whatever you want to call it, his name is Shigesato Itoi, tweeted, you got to check out Nintendo Direct today. Really? Out of nowhere, he tweeted this. Now, obviously, that means something. What does it mean? Does it mean classic Earthbounds are going to get ported? Will there be an Earthbound collection? Will Mother 3 finally get a localization? Is there a new Mother game coming? I don't know. But, whoa. Like, this guy who literally never, ever tweets about this kind of stuff, tweets you gotta check out Nintendo Direct today, that means something, right? They wouldn't just have, he wouldn't just do it for no reason. So now, the Nintendo fans are shitting themselves. The Nintendo Direct is this afternoon, by the way, it's actually in only a couple of hours, so I'll be streaming Sifu when it goes down. I'm sure you guys are gonna be telling me as it happens what exactly is happening, uh, <clears throat> During the course of this Nintendo Direct. So, I guess we'll find out. We'll have to see. I mean, I'd be excited if there was a new Mother game. Quite frankly, a Mother 3 port. Alright, maybe I'd be excited to play Mother 3, but I, I prefer a new game. Imagine a modernized Mother with modernized graphics and a new plotline and continuing this, the ongoing story. Like, that would be interesting to me. Um, way more than maybe, you know, a localization of Mother 3. But I guess we'll find out. We may have some mother news by the end of today. Interesting. The only other game news is that uh, Telltale Studios, yes, Telltale is alive again. They were bought by another company after going out of business and revived, and they've been working on The Wolf Among Us 2. They released a teaser trailer for The Wolf Among Us 2 today and basically said the game's coming out next year. I'll be honest, that's disappointing. Wolf Among Us 2's been in development for a while. I was hoping it was going to come out soon. Like I was like, oh, if it comes out in like June, that would be amazing. Now it's apparently not coming out till 2023. It's good to know it's being made, but it is kind of disappointing that we have to wait. All right. All right. That's the gaming news for today. That was a lot of news to cover, right? That was a lot to talk about. Um, great. Um, <clears throat> one final thing I want to talk about before we get to shout outs. So last night, I was just, I don't know. I was just thinking about a lot of different things last night. And all of a sudden I started thinking about the summer of retro. I started thinking about the summer of 2013 when I did a ridiculous amount of retro gaming. And I remember playing games, again, like Super Mario World, um, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, Chrono Trigger, uh, Earthbound, uh, among others. There were other retro games that I played that summer. And I remember like thinking, man, <clears throat> I'm kind of craving playing those kind of games again. I haven't played those games in a very long time. Chrono Trigger in particular is one I've told you guys for years I've wanted to play again. And I was thinking about it more, and I was like, man, maybe a game like Earthbound again, or definitely Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. That's a game... Link to the Past is a game that's actually so classic to me. It's the first major Zelda game I played from start to finish, okay? That's the kind of game that, back in the day before I became a YouTube content creator, all right? I used to play it all the time. Like, every few years, I would go back and play whatever the latest version was. <clears throat> they ported that game many times to the 
Game Boy Advance, and then the DS, and I would just play whatever the latest version was. Um, but basically, when I became a YouTube content creator, I stopped replaying the games that I used to replay all the time because I was always putting out new stuff for you guys on a daily basis. So, it, what I'm, you know, I'm craving them again. I'm craving playing classic games. And I was thinking, <clears throat> maybe this year, during the summertime, if there's downtime, and that's the thing, we have no idea. These days, you never know what's coming out when. Because COVID really kind of threw a monkey wrench into that formula, right? I mean, for many years now, we've actually ended up having major good games coming out in the summer. Which is odd, because it never used to happen, and now it's happening. Alright? But, but, perhaps, we could actually have a few retro games that I interject into my schedule this summer. <clears throat> okay? I think that would be pretty cool. Um, we'll see. But it's just something that I'm throwing out there now and putting the feelers out. Would you guys be interested in seeing me play some actual throwback retro games uh, coming this summer? Uh, of you know classics that maybe I played before and I want to replay and maybe in more, more depth. For example, when I played Chrono Trigger, I only played the base game. I never actually went and did all the alternate endings. The game has a significant amount of alternate endings that I never explored. So it's something that I would possibly check out, right? Um... We'll see. Let's think about it. Let me know your, what you think. What retro-style games would you like? maybe like to see me play if I were to play a bunch during the summer and do like a summer of retro or retro returns this summer or something like that, right? <clears throat> okay. Uh, what does my shirt say? It says, I'm pressing buttons. Five years ago, when I actually started selling merch on the internet, when I became a full-time streamer, this was one of the original designs that I actually sold. And it actually has been out of print for many years. And now I don't even sell merch anymore. So I, I was thinking, man, I'm playing Sifu. This would be a good game to put this shirt on for, right? <laughs> okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for shout-outs. Let's do the shout-outs. Here we go. Let's start with the YouTube side of things. The only shout-out we have on the YouTube side of things this morning is from Rebel, who has re-upped his membership for six months, and he says, six months strong, let's go. What's good, Big Phil? Thank you very much to Rebel. I'm shocked we have not had a super chat. We, I don't think there's been a morning with a super chat in so long. I'm not used to not having any super chats to shout-out. By the way, guys, excuse me, just a quick reminder, because I do need to get into the habit of saying this every single day. If you enjoy my content, if you like the streams, and if you're watching this on-demand on YouTube as an on-demand video as well. If you're having a good time, please give it a like. Liking the videos and liking the live streams is going to give me added discoverability, which I need to grow DSP Gaming this year. In particular, this month, as I play the new releases, the more likes that I get on my content is going to allow the streams and videos to show up in the YouTube search rankings and also the related video results, and more people will see the content and check it out. That's the only way I'm going to get growth on YouTube. It's literally not even about me anymore. It's about the algorithm working. So I need your buy-in with this. If you guys enjoy my content, please give the content likes on YouTube. If you're watching this as an on-demand video on YouTube, leave a comment. It could literally be as simple as leaving a comment to help Phil. It still counts. It's engagement on a video, and it helps that video to show up in YouTube search. Okay? So thanks for that. Okay, thank you to everyone who's doing that actively. Thank you to everyone who's helping me 
uh, to be found on YouTube this year. I really appreciate that. By the way, one quick thing I should say before I get to shouting out for tips. A lot of people seem to want to criticize my pre-stream podcast. Phil, why do you do a podcast every day? Phil, why don't you just jump into gameplay, Phil? Why don't you just turn the game on and play it, Phil? Phil, I'm impatient and I want what I want immediately. I want instant gratification on the internet. So why don't you just play the game? Okay? And I've explained many times over the years, the reason that I like to do a pre-stream is because it allows us to talk about hot topics, game news, answer your questions, and gets the thought of the way. So now when I actually start playing the game today, like Sifu, I'm not going to be distracted and bombarded by a million questions. I'll give you some perfect perspective on this. Last night, I played Skyrim. I don't do a pre-stream for, for the late streams. I just go right into the game. No exaggeration, the first 20 minutes of last night's stream was people asking me about Sifu. So I just sat around like this, not playing, answering questions about Sifu because everyone wanted to ask me questions about it, and I couldn't play the game. Okay? If I didn't do a pre-stream, this would be every day. This would literally be every single day. Every game I play. Um, some game content creators don't care. Oh well, who cares if the first video that I put out every day has 45 minutes of me just answering random questions and no actual gameplay, right? They don't care. I do care. Because I'm making content for two different audiences. Yes, indeed, I am a full-time streamer. That is true. But I'm also making on-demand content for an audience on YouTube that's been with me for a very long time, okay? I have to make my content digestible for two audiences. A lot of these people who people are talking about, they're full-time streamers who only care about their streaming audience. They don't give a shit about an on-demand audience. In fact, it's an afterthought for them. They literally don't even, like, split up or name their videos. They say, oh, stream archive, and they just upload the whole archive, seven hours or whatever, to the fucking internet. There you go. Go go watch it yourself and figure it out. It's just one unmanageable fucking heap of a video. Um, I don't do that. I don't. I'm putting out content that's supposed to be, if I'm playing Sifu, I'm fucking playing Sifu. Yeah, I'll still interact with you guys, but the point is I'm supposed to be playing and concentrating on the game, not answering random questions for two hours. So that's why I do a pre-stream podcast. I've explained this till I've been blue in the face about it over the years. In fact, just a couple months ago, I renamed it to not just be a pre-stream, but the pre-stream podcast. So you understand I do a podcast every morning to get these things out of the way. People still fucking complain about the pre-stream podcast and whine and bitch that they can't get their instant gratification of gameplay the moment I turn on a stream, okay? As they say, you can please some of the people all the time, all the people some, you can't please everyone all the time. I don't think no matter what I did, I really don't think I would ever gratify or, or satisfy these fucking people who are so demanding. At this point, I've edited my content extensively to try to fit what these people are asking for in their criticism and they still complain. So there's I, at this point, I kind of throw my hands up and I say, there's not much I could do about that. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because I was looking at the history of this pre-stream podcast since I started doing it about two months ago. I started doing it in November, so basically the whole month of December, the whole month of January, a little bit of November, a little bit of February so far, I've been doing this pre-stream podcast. Okay? And ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased. You want to know what I've seen? Usually I get over a thousand views on this podcast. Every single day. On YouTube. That's hard to do for someone like me. Someone like me who I do raw gameplay. I'm not doing edited montages. I'm not using 
all the fucking tropes of the internet to try to get people to come to my channel. I'm not, you know, there's no thumbnail on my face. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm playing seafood today. <laughs> I don't do that shit. You know, I just play raw gameplay and put it up. And some people still like that formula. A lot of people don't. They moved on. It's hard for me to get any kind of attention on my content when I, especially when I do something new, it's almost impossible. This podcast in general has actually done really good. Getting a thousand views every day on YouTube is good for a podcast like this on a channel the size of mine. I'm pleased. I thought that this podcast would probably only do a few hundred views. If that, I mean, let's be honest, go look at the previous pre-streams. Before I was doing camera on, nice border, treating it like an interactive podcast where I talk back and forth with you guys and talk about hot topics. It was just When it was just this, you staring at a bunch of art, the views weren't great. And I kind of felt like, yeah, I was reaching my audience live, but I really wasn't reaching that many people on demand on YouTube at all. Okay. But now that I'm doing an actual formal podcast here, the way that I just have set it up and, you know, I have segments and everything, it's doing way better. And I, I'm actually curious. I wonder if you guys, all right, could give me some feedback on this. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> what do you guys think about the show? Okay. And how many of you have actually started regularly watching the podcast, and I'm curious about this. How many of you watch the podcast but don't actually watch the raw gameplay? Do I have viewers who've come and since I started doing this as a regular podcast said, wow, I like Phil's show. I enjoy I enjoy it every day. I enjoy hearing his opinions on games and things coming up and his, you know, how he's what he's thinking about a new release and you know but are there people who watch the podcast and then don't really watch the, the gameplay? I'm curious. Because that would be kind of interesting. If there was actually an audience for the podcast content, but not anything else. Because you know what? That would be good if it were, if it actually happened. And here's why. It's called diversification. Yes, I am definitely known as a person who does raw gameplay playthroughs and live streams on, on the internet. That's what I've been known for for over a decade. But if I can get a new audience... Here you go. That was bullshit. says, I pop in for the podcast even on games I'm not invested in. Eternal said, yeah, I'm actually here just for the podcast pretty much every day. Big Papa Phil says, I've dropped in for the podcast and not watched the gameplay if it ends up being a game I'm not interested in. This is good. <laughs> okay? This is good. Because this is what I wanted. This is what a lot of people didn't understand at the time. This is what I I'm trying to do. I'm trying to diversify my content. I want it to be that, yes, there's still a large group of people who will come to watch me play games and new releases and playthroughs. But then there'll be a group of people who come to actually hear me talk about my opinions, to have a show where we can talk back and forth about things like this. It's different. It's about discord. This podcast is basically my old podcast, which used to be called Hate Live. Wow, that was a great idea, wasn't it? People totally didn't spin that in a negative way. Only it's better. It's actually a better show, I feel, because we have daily topics that we address. I get to talk about the state of my streams and everything every day. You, we get Q&A every day. I get to give you interaction with your contributions. I give you shout-outs. This is better than the old format I used to do. Seriously, I, I like this, and I feel like this is something that will grow. And in time, this podcast could end up being 
more successful than the raw stuff, I feel. Now, I'm not saying that's a guarantee, but I actually feel that there's more of an audience these days on YouTube for this kind of a video than there is for raw gameplay. There's still an audience for raw gameplay, and I, I will never stop doing that because I absolutely positively love, absolutely love doing raw gameplay streams with you guys. That's my kind of my bread and butter. But I think that this podcast has potential to grow, all right? Right now, this podcast is very basic, right? Every day, it's just me talking for about an hour, right? Um, <clears throat> but what I feel is, you know, over time, it'll adapt. It'll get better. Maybe there'll be other things that we add to the podcast that make it more, more interesting. Um, there's been suggestions, and some of them I think are viable, and some of them I don't think are very viable, all right? But what I would say is, give me your suggestions, right? I want feedback. Let me know what you think about this podcast and how I can improve it, all right? I want to make the show better. I want to be known not only as that guy that does raw gameplay every day, but also, oh, he has a podcast every day where he talks about games and news and stuff. You might want to check it out. Because like I've said this to you guys uh, <clears throat> many times. That over time, I'm going to have to change. I realize as I get older, I'm about to be 40 years old. In two months, I'm turning 40, guys. Holy shit. Okay? Over the hill. All right? <laughs> There's hair coming, growing out of my ears. Big tufts of hair. My, my teeth are falling out. I'm going to need dentures soon. My balls are clacking together between my knees. Okay? I'm going to have to eventually change up the kind of content I do if I want to continue to be a content creator on the internet because I can't play games the rest of my life. I want to. And in some capacity, I promise you, I absolutely will make an effort to do so. I like doing video game content with you guys. But as I get older, my hand-eye coordination is going to get worse. I'm probably going to get fucking arthritis because I've been playing video games constantly for 13, 14 fucking years. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be limitations to what I can do on the internet. And this podcast is actually the first step, I feel, in the right direction to start to diversify my content. So that people get used to me doing other things rather than just playing the games. You see? But it's going to be a slow progression. I'm already at over at 50 episodes of this show. Did you know that? Over 50 episodes and climbing because I do it every freaking day. All right? So what I'd like to see is maybe over the course of this year, I actually build up a viewer base, a fan base, for, you know, will you, if you want to call it that, for just this kind of stuff. And then I'll have people who are consistently coming for this, but people who are also consistently coming for the gameplay, some who like both. But then it gives me more flexibility, right? It does. It gives me more flexibility. Maybe there'll be days where, sadly, I just can't do a lot of gameplay for various reasons, but I could still wedge in a podcast for an hour or something. And then I could do that, you see? So let's see what happens moving forward. Um, <clears throat> I'm very interested to hear your feedback. I would love your feedback on what you think and how I can improve, Okay. Now let's get to tip shoutouts. We start off today with Anso Kamaru, who tipped me a dollar fifty and says the following: "I promise you, Phil, if you calm down, you focus, and you watch your enemy's movements, you'll be able to dodge and parry as you need." I just beat the second stage right before the stream. I haven't died once in stage three because I'm learning the game and adjusting. So there you go, Anso Kamaru has a lot of faith in me and says as long as I stay calm I can learn the systems and I will persevere 
in Sifu today. We will find out because now I have stepped away from the game. I have Zen. Calm down. Oh. Oh, yes. Calm and peaceful. Breathe in and breathe out like the waters of a serene river. Oh. I'm ready for Sifu. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can maintain. So, no relation. Tipped me $50 earlier. Let's get that up on the leaderboard, first of all, because that is a generous and ginormous tip. Let me get my gunner glasses on, okay? <laughs> Let me clean my glasses. Let me answer Nate, who's asking, when am I going to play Near Replicant? I already did. I did a full playthrough of it last year, including every alternate ending. I saw the entirety of the game. I replayed it a million times. You can check that out. Archived right here on DSP Gaming. Okay. All right. So, thank you very much for the incredibly generous tip, No Relation. And No Relation says the following. I promise you, I already read the, I read the wrong thing. That's what Anto Kamara said. Let's try this again. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I screwed up the leaderboard. Here we go. He says, To beat Sifu, you must become untillable. The game has some cheese. I won't be around for Pokemon tonight. If possible, could you name a Pokemon? Could you name a Growlithe Sandy for me? Well, no relation. I hate to say this. I don't have a Growlithe. There's been no Growlithe in the game up to this point. Um, and I don't think there's any Growlithe in the region that I'm in, uh, right now. I'm in a Swamplands kind of region, and, uh, tonight we're gonna try to maybe complete that region. I think we're, we're far enough in the story. If I do one more major story segment, we actually might complete that and move on to another region. I'm not sure. What I'll tell you is if, hey, if we happen to come upon a Growlithe tonight, yeah, I would name it Sandy, but I don't know if, uh, that's gonna happen. I actually don't know if we're going to run into why I don't think there's Growlithe in the region I'm in right now. Thank you very much for the tip. I appreciate it. Okay, now, moving on. CM Fool tipped me $4.20 and says, DSP, it's Sifu 2 to Sifu. Yes. Then CM Fool did another $4.20 tip and said, or Sifu Tokyo Drift. What? Then he did another $4.20 tip. And he said, DSP, you should do a Deadlight 2 and Sifu on the same day, Evil Laughter. Thank you for the tips. Trying to decipher what he's saying. I have no idea what the first two tips meant. I think the, the second thing he said here was, you should do Dying Light 2 and Sifu on the same day. Yes, but the thing is, I already have late night streams in place with Pokemon and Skyrim. So if I play them both, now I'm not playing the other games I need to play late night. You see, like, there's no easy solution to me juggling this many games. There just isn't. So, Okay, PS5 fan tipped me $4.20 and says, Starfield is going to be on the PlayStation, right? No. At least, unless Microsoft's a bunch of dirty, rotten liars, Starfield will only be on Xbox consoles and PC. Bungie, the king of FPS, tipped $1.50 and 
And since Microsoft, who has no games, is doing everything in their power to remain relevant after the gigantic Bungie acquisition by Sony. As we speak, Bungie is crafting three new games and is looking forward to taking Activision on directly. Bring it. There you go. What the hell just happened? Okay. Eternal Napalm tipped me a dollar fifty. He says, "You ever consider doing edited reaction videos to movies and shows? I'd love to see your reactions to the Witcher TV show. Most YouTube channels use up to ten minutes of footage of a show under fair use. Mega views and mega review, eh, mega, mega views and mega revenue flow." Okay. Um. Well, certainly something like that. Okay would diversify my content. I mean, we're talking about diversification with the podcast. If I were to do commentary or criticism of television shows, movies, etc., absolutely, absolutely, that would diversify my content. But there's a lot of issues. Number one, even though it's supposed to be fair use, would YouTube still allow false claims? I've heard things that, yes, they still do, um, which is stupid, I know. But sometimes people can still do false claims. People can still, or these companies can overreach and claim that what you're doing is not under fair use. And sadly, YouTube will not defend you. If someone claims you for content, you just get hit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, YouTube's mentality is um, if a major company, and they confirm that it's really the company, claims you, they will not stick up for you as a content creator at all. Regardless of the fact if you are using that content within fair use law... YouTube's mentality is we want to stay legally out of everything and we only get involved with a very basic process. So let's say, for example, I did do a review of The Witcher series and I only used 10 minutes of footage to do my review. And for whatever reason, all right, the makers of Witcher, whatever company it is, or Netflix in general, decides to say, oh, we don't like Phil using that content. We're going to just strike him down. And they're going to hit me with a copyright strike and take down the content, okay? They would do that, and YouTube would not stick up for me at all. I would have to dispute it and fight, okay? Which would cause lots of problems. When you have pending strikes and things against your channel, it puts it in a bad standing on YouTube. It could actually affect your ability to live stream. Now, my livelihood is live streaming, right? The good news is YouTube has gotten a lot better with false claims, meaning if someone's impersonating someone... If someone is lying about a piece of fan art or shit like that, you remember that's how I got into hot water. In 2015, people had actually set me up. They had sent me fan art over the course of the year outright stating you have permission to use it. And then they false claimed all my videos that used it. And that's what destroyed DSP Gaming, you know, some seven years ago. That's why it fell out of prominence on YouTube. Um, That shit doesn't fly anymore. Now YouTube asks for concrete evidence when you're trying to take down content. They're like, uh, no, can you really prove that you're the owner or, you know, and a lot of the times they'll contact the person and say, you know, what's your take? And then you can give them the evidence and say, no, see, I have fair use of this. Here it is. I got permission. Here's the email or here's the post and you're good. So that's why I haven't had any issues with that stuff in many, many years. But YouTube, if they get a claim that's legit or looks legit from a company, like again, like Netflix or whatever, they don't even care. They won't even review the situation for fair use. They'll just say, grant it. And now it's up to you, the content creator, to defend yourself and get yourself out of hot water. So, in general, Let's Plays, all right, 
have generally have no problems. You do a let's play of a video game, a playthrough of a video game, no companies really claim that. You never have an issue. But as soon as you get into TV, movies, music, this is the huge liability of YouTube. All right? And if I were a channel, all right, that was putting out content and I was getting millions of views per video to the point where, oh, look how much money I'm making on a daily basis. It's no big deal if I end up getting shut down for a couple days or it's no big deal if I lose my streaming capabilities or it's no big deal if I get false strikes that I have to clear up. It's, it's a big deal. If I get hit with false strikes and stuff, it could actually hurt me really bad here on DSP Gaming. So, first of all, I would tell you right now, if I were ever to do anything like that, it would not be on DSP Gaming. I would never risk this channel to do something new like that and then have it stricken down by some company that just willy-nilly decides no one can use our content on the internet, take it off of YouTube, okay? That would be number one. Number two, there's another reason, okay, why I really don't do that kind of content, and the answer is very simple. I just don't have time for it. I don't watch television series. I don't watch movies. I just don't have a lot of time for that shit. All right, Here's, here was my day yesterday. I woke up, had breakfast, fed Jasper, came in here, streamed Sifu, immediately uploaded, went downstairs, made dinner, which was pasta, so I had to boil the pasta, warm sauce, meatballs, ate, put the leftovers for my wife for when she was going to get home for work, washed the dishes, cleaned up the kitchen, went right upstairs, took a shower, jumped on stream, played games for another two plus hours, and then went downstairs and had about an hour and a half discussion with Kat, about her day, and then we went to sleep. That was my day. You know, like, that's my whole day. There, we're, there, did I watch any television or movies? No. There's no time for anything. That's My days are full, you know what I mean? If, if you think back to 10 plus years ago, when I was a bachelor, I was living alone, my life was very different, okay? I had time for that shit. I literally sat around doing nothing half the time. Now, my life is completely full of stuff to do. It's good. I like my life. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love my life. But it's not like it used to be where I'm just someone sitting around that can watch a bunch of random fucking shows and pump out reviews of them. I don't have time to even watch it. I don't. I'm here I'm here in this office <clears throat> so often all day long. That's all my time. And then the little bit of time I get outside to spend with my family is great. I don't have... To, it's like if I were to do other projects like what you're suggesting... I would have to stop streaming as much. I would have to say, okay, guys, I'm only doing one stream today because tonight I'm working, I'm going to watch a show and I'm going to do commentary and put that kind of video out on YouTube. Like what happened in 2016 when I used to do KO Gaming. I told you guys back then, if you wanted to see an edited content style channel, I had to stop streaming as much. And I did. I only did one stream a day back then. And then the night I was working on KO Gaming. Okay? So... That's the thing, like, a lot of people have ideas. Why don't you do this one? Why don't you do that one? Well, that's great, but I'm a full-time streamer now. I don't have time to do another project. I just don't have the means. I would have to stop doing what I'm doing now to take a gamble that something new is going to work out and make as much, if not, become more popular than what I'm doing now on the streams. And that's a huge gamble. Seriously, right now, imagine if I only did one stream a day instead of two, hoping that somehow what I'm working on at night off stream is going to make up for the revenue I normally would make on those late streams. I don't know. That's that's a risky, risky venture. If anything, what I've done now with something like this, the pre-stream podcast, it's still part of my streams, right? It's a little bit of natural progression and change for the better. And I'm getting an audience just for this podcast. That's a way I can diversify stuff, that I'm still doing it 
when I'm doing the same content. You see what I'm saying? Doing this isn't taking away from the other stuff I'm doing because it's still during that time period. It's just a variation of what I used to do with some positive improvements. But actually completely dropping what I'm doing and what I love to do and what you guys love to do and support to try a whole new venture would be very risky, okay? I'm not saying I would never do it. I'm saying right now it's definitely not anything I'm really interested in. Um, <clears throat> maybe sometime in the future, but not now, okay? Uh, May, to me, $1.15 is not much. I just want to support. Be like water today and seafood. Thank you much, May, for the tip. I appreciate that. And then I received a tip from Carlton Jr. Through the dollar fifties, a lot of people are reporting Microsoft is being forced to take this stance on Activision Blizzard due to government regulators. Oddly enough, it's kind of odd to me that people are so up in arms about Microsoft acquiring them, but then they're behind when they're behind the other market leaders. Um, I did hear that. I heard that the rumor is that Microsoft is afraid that the FTC is going to say that their acquisition of, of uh, Activision Blizzard would be considered a monopoly or an attempt to form a monopoly in the gaming industry. And by making an announcement saying, oh, Call of Duty will be cross-platform, we're not just acquiring it for ourselves, that now they're kind of making the case that it's not going to be a monopoly. You, you, could, have, you could be onto something there, okay? An anonymous tipper to me, $1.50 says, I know you're concerned about trolls, but I really think you're missing out by not being open to playing games co-op with fans, and I would be down to do Dying Light co-op, no mic, but just playing. There are a lot of games out there where fans have party up, no mic. Okay, can I say something? Can I be very honest with all of you? All right? I'm going to be very, very honest with you guys. I hope you guys will listen up. I'm not really interested in co-op. I'm not. I'm the kind of guy that I'm a solo player. All right? The, the most I'll do is, okay, I play a multiplayer game and I randomly jump on a party like Halo Infinite Team Slayer or whatever. I'm not really interested in forming up parties with people and playing cooperatively on the internet. It actually doesn't even interest me. I'm now trying to be as, as, as forthcoming with you as I can be, okay? I just don't like it that much, all right? The best time I ever really had co-op, back in the day, John Rambo would come over, and once a week, we'd play random games. Sometimes it would be a new game, sometimes it would be an old game, sometimes it would be a good game, sometimes it would be a shitty-ass game. But whatever game we played, it was a little bit of camaraderie that we had. And it worked for a few years. I did it for about three years. It worked really well. And I think what's happened is since then, people feel like they want to have that experience with me. Man, I really wish if I just played games with Phil, it would be like chilling with him and like John Rambo back in the day. We'd have that nostalgic feeling of playing the game. You don't get that, all right? And to be honest with you, the times that I have done random co-op with people on the internet, okay, it never pans out like that. It's chaotic. It's messy. You need to have all kinds of organization of the logistics of it. Oh, who lives in what time zone and can show up to play at this time? And then I got to somehow get them either on my PlayStation Network or Xbox Live friends list and then organize it so that it works right. And then I got to invite them to the party. Oops, now they dropped from the party and now everything's fucked up. It's a fucking mess, okay? It's one thing if you're playing games organized with a group of friends and you work out the bugs. That's not what it is when I do random co-op with people online. It's a lot of messy work with a worldwide fan base. And quite frankly, it's not really worth the effort and the stress of doing it. It doesn't pan out. Usually when I do these events, no one's satisfied. The viewers say, ah, it wasn't very good. And then the fucking people who played get disappointed if, number one, they didn't get to play with me. Or number two, they played and it was laggy and it dropped. Everyone kind of ends up being unsatisfied when I do these kind of co-op things. So I stopped doing them. The only time I've even done co-op over the years, if you remember a few years ago, I played Apex Legends with Brian and Kekin. 
and we had a good time playing Apex Legends for a few months. We were winning matches consistently. We even did a playthrough of Destiny together. Remember that? That was it. How many years ago was that, guys? Three? I still talk to Brian from time to time behind the scenes. I do. Every once in a while, we shoot the shit. How you doing? Or whatever. And we suggest, oh, you want to do co-op in this game, that game? And we're like, no. It's just not worth it. There's nothing out there worth playing co-op. Seriously. Even or me organizing to work with someone who I've worked with in the past, I just don't think it's worth it. My kind of content, all right? What I put out, it's me playing a game, you guys watching. We have our interactions live on the streams. That's the organic workings that work. The moment that you bring in the cooperative effect, other people joining randomly or having a group, a team, that's another dynamic that works, but not for my content anymore. Maybe 10 years ago, but that's not what I do. When, I, when you guys ask me, oh, we want to do random co-op, you know what I hear? Oh, I want to see Cooking with the King. It's the same to me. You're asking me for something that maybe years and years ago was viable when it was a different situation. The trolling wasn't a big deal. It was easier to do. It's not anymore. It's basically become so convoluted and it's not entertaining to me. It's not entertaining to the viewers. And in general, the people who get in on those events don't like them either. They end up being very disappointed. So why on earth would I organize an event for people to play with me when no one's going to like it? I've been there and done that, and the few times in the past several years that I've tried something like that, it never works. People get disappointed. So why waste time on it, okay? Just being honest, okay? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. What you're asking for is, is something that I know is not going to work and will not be entertaining for the audience, so why do it? My content is me, by myself, playing games with live commentary, interacting with a live audience, or doing random multiplayer, right? Jumping in, the randomness of playing random opponents or a randomized party and the chaos that comes with that. I don't have a bunch of people who I regularly team up with, nor do I really desire that. Because I don't think there's enough games out there to consistently play in a co-op setting where it would be worth it. You know what I'm saying? So, take a chill pill. I understand your suggestion. I know there's a lot of people out there who watch me. Oh, I really wish I could play co-op with Phil. It's not even worth it, and it's not... I'll tell you right now, it wouldn't even be a fun event. It would just be more disappointing, okay? Okay. YouTube side shoutouts, then we're going to get back into seafood. We got Marxist Carl, who did a super chat and saying, why not make a new channel for reviews and etc. I've been there, done that, Marxist Carl. It's not worth it. Oh, by the way, I, I missed Recluse. The Recluse had done a super chat and said, would you play Mario game on March 10th? I don't know, maybe. But I think I'm going to be busy with so many of these new releases, I'm not going to have time for filler shit on March 10th. But Marxist Carl, I had a channel. It's called KO Gaming. I worked on it for a year. It was very successful. And then YouTube demonetized it for no good reason. And that was when I made the determination that I was never going to make long-form edited-style content ever again unless it was just like something I could do live on the fly on a stream like this. I am not going to be doing edited-style content exclusively for YouTube because at any point, YouTube could just demonetize it. And now I'm fucked. I wasted my time. Uh, Jason Voorhees became a channel member. Thank you, Jason Voorhees. I appreciate that. What I would like to do is confirm how many channel members we have. Three sixty-one. We actually went up a channel member today. So let me go ahead and increase that. And thank you guys for your support today. I really appreciate it. All right. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Great amount of support already on the pre-stream here. 
Why did I just add a dollar to the tips? I have no idea why I did that. I was supposed to add, <laughs> I was supposed to add it to the members. I added it to the tips. Oops. That was stupid me. All right. Thank you all. Let us uh, conclude our pre-stream and jump back into Sifu. All right? I'm excited to see if I can master this game mechanic that I did not master and see if I can mess around with it and learn it and then beat the boss and move on to stage three. Okay? Thank you guys for being a great audience, chilling with me, and uh, let's get started. Sounds like a plan, doesn't it? All right? Let's do it! Yeah! Bye-bye.